the Crime Report. It's brought to you by the Suffolk Crime Stoppers. 1-800-220-TIPS. 220-8477. That's where all calls are kept anonymous. And a monetary reward of up to $5,000 issued for information. That will lead to an arrest. Joe Jacklin, of course, retired NYPD sergeant, former commanding officer of the Bronx Cold Case Squad. Current adjunct professor at John Jay College. And an author of the bestseller edition number three, The Criminal Investigative Function, a guy for new investigators. The aforementioned Joe Jacqueline, we say a very good morning to the Sarge. Sir, how are you? Good morning, Jay. How are you? I am doing just fine, Joe. Joe, there's uh, so much to get to. Take your pick, but let's let's go into Minnesota. Let's go into Minnesota. Because, uh, you know, we had a reversal last Friday. Mike Freeman throwing the charges as far as uh, Derek Chauvin is concerned. The fired police officer who murdered uh, George Floyd by putting uh, his knee uh, on the neck of Floyd. Uh, and, and in essence, we have had a whirlwind. Three other officers put in custody. Took a couple of days, but you finally got that. Uh, everything kind of came fast and furious. Last Friday, we saw a weekend like no other weekend all around the country. Uh, let's get your assessment first uh, regarding uh, the arrest of Chauvin and, and everything that kind of went down. It all started last Friday. Well, yeah, I mean, the arrest, uh, you know, in my opinion, we talked about this last week, was warranted. I mean, this is, uh, uh, you know, myself and everybody else who watched the video was just outraged about how this can happen. But there's another wrinkle to this, right? The the chief of uh, police over there, you know, everybody said he was brave and this and that, firing these guys right off the bat. I mean, now we're finding out that Chauvin was actually training two other officers and they were at the scene. He had two cops there that were arrested yesterday that uh, had three days on the job. <laughs> and you kind of ask yourself, like, how do you let this guy who has all these complaints and all this just because he had 19 years, that doesn't make him a good training officer. You pick training officers because of their reputation within the community, their knowledge of the job, their tactics, and all the other things that go along with it. So that's a, so another question for the chief I'd love to ask him. Like, what were you thinking when you did this? Uh, th it's, it's, that's just bad policing. And it's just something that uh, you know should never happen. When you're, when you're choosing to train rookie officers, you pick you know the best. This, uh, this incident here highlights a lot of different things, uh, and it bring, it's brought out so many things, right? The calls for now defunding police departments. And I, always thought, I, thought, I asked people, I said, it, they're rioting and burning things to the ground now, what, and they, the police are there. What is going to happen when there are no police? But they don't want to think about that because they all, they're all have their own agendas and their own different things. Uh, nobody's listening for reason or common sense just gone out the window. And this, um, listen, we, we would think that all these reforms would have kicked in a uh, long time ago. But they, they, the one thing that they never talk about is their recruitment selection uh, process. How can they fix that? Because you want to try to get people uh, who you want to, excuse me, you want to avoid getting people who have the tendency to maybe do something like this. How do you weed them out? That's the, that's the million-dollar question. That's what they have to try to figure out. Because if you don't hire people uh, and then that they don't turn into do something like this, then then life is good. But you know what? It's easier said than done.
Joe, what are you doing in that state? There is a pattern and there is a history here. You go back to the police officer who shot the white woman uh, in Mohammed Noor, whole trial there. We know uh, this you know, Philandra Castile case in which he was shot in his car in Minnesota, right, with his girlfriend there yep. in a traffic stop. I mean, you go on and on and on. Cases go back two plus decades. How do you do this? How do you do you, do you vet more? Do you strip down reforms? beyond belief here need to be put in play i mean wh where do you go in this state right now in minnesota well i can tell you what they're probably going to do they're probably going to to uh levy a, a consent decree on them like they did with baltimore and you know other places new york city whatever but it ends up handicapping the police even more and things don't go generally well the the police department there like i said you, you need to take an it needs an overhaul their their uh, patrol guide their training how they handle different things, uh, and, of course, the recruitment selection process. It has to be looked at, the psychological exams, all that stuff. If they're using the same things for the last 20, 30 years, they need to spend the money, scrap it, and start over again and figure out what's the best cause of action of hiring people going forward and then training them. Uh, you know, just what we saw, you know, we learned yesterday that this guy was training rookie cops I mean, God only knows what else they're doing within their academies or wherever else they, they, they train. It's it's a big problem, Jay. I mean, it, it could be systematic throughout the entire Minneapolis Police Department, but that doesn't mean it's not fixable. You know, look, New York City had its problems going back in, you know, to the 70s and 80s. Uh, every police department has had these problems. One thing that I, I hope that they don't do is, you know, they, they have uh, lowered standards in policing, over the last 20, 30 years, for sure, especially since I got on the job. And when you do that, you get a lot of people that get hired that should never get the job in the first place. And then they scratch their head and things happen like this, and then they wonder why. Uh, well, you know, it, it is what it is at this point. So if if they really make, want to make an earnest effort in reform, they really need to figure out a better way to recruit and, and select people for the job to begin with. But I can tell you right now, after witnessing something like this, I think a lot of people, uh, are go a lot of young people who want to do this profession are questioning if they're ever going to do it. So I don't know if they, they have to worry about recruiting and selecting, uh, you know, being picky because they might not be able to be picky because people aren't lining up to take the job. That's what it is. You know, yeah, I, listen, I give the uh, chief of police his walking papers, too. How do you let a guy yeah. who has had 19 complaints against him uh pretty much um the tutelage of somebody four days on the job how do you give that responsibility to somebody who has had a ton of complaints and that being chauvin not only that total the other the other police officer who just stood by with his hands in the pockets looking at the birds in the sky he's another guy with a with a million complaints you know you, you really have to wonder regarding judgment and everything else here and it's and that cut falls on the on the uh on the heads of state over there as far as who's running that department joe well yes the chief and you know what the mayor who picked them and everybody else and everybody is you know you know pointing the fingers doing that whole thing oh not me it's them it's not him it's me I, it's um the police chief should lose his job the the mayor i mean all the i, I listen the buck stops here. Whatever happened to that line, right? When you're a politician or when you're the police chief, the buck stops here. It's your fault. There's no way you getting out of it. But every, you know, we're in a we're in a uh, you know an alternate universe now where it's never the person in charge's fault. It's always somebody else's fault. We we're in this habit of just 
blaming some other incident that or some other thing out of their control for it. But no, listen, you create the environment. It's your job. It's your it's your police department. Everything that happens falls on you. If it's something good happens, it's you. If it's bad, it's you. But people only like to choose the good. Uh, and that this is not the way it works. I mean, there is so much uh, to go around here, so much blame to go around. And like I said, I don't think we've heard all the end of, of what, what happened in the Minneapolis Police Department. I think we're going to hear more kinds of issues like this going you know, going forward, meaning things that have happened in the past and then maybe just uh, are coming, are going to come to light now. Because these things are trickling out now about this incident, and it's just it's very disturbing. Because it was totally unnecessary. It could have all been avoided. And, you know, here we are where every city is burning in the streets. It, it's, you know, I, I, I don't know. There's, there's nothing else that you can describe it. Hey, listen, I hate to put labels, you know, extreme liberalism, Joe. Did we see a pattern as far as the mayor of Minneapolis, that being Jacob Fry? And I'll get to Mr. de Blasio in a second. But again, you you look at viewpoints and beliefs and everything else. Where is Mayor Jacob Fry in all this as far as Minneapolis, Minnesota is concerned? We get a pattern here, don't we? Well, yeah, sure. I mean, if you if you want to discuss even the whole political thing, I mean, you hear a lot of people. Uh, I watched some of the uh, the memorial service yesterday, and people are talking about going out and voting. I mean, if you look at Minneapolis, everybody is a Democrat. I don't know who. What are, what are they voting for? What are you gonna? What kind of change are you gonna look for? You got, you know, I, I don't understand. Um, and I would say the same thing if they were all Republicans and people were saying we need to vote. Well, you got all Republicans. You got all Democrats. I mean. You chose these people. This is this is what you you go out and do. You vote. You choose your elected leaders, and then when stuff happens, you're not blaming them. But we need to go out and vote again. What are the, what are those people who are saying? We got to go out and vote. Is this really about the the um, George Floyd thing, or is this something greater coming November? Is this what this is all about? I don't know, uh, but I, I just find it curious when people who are interviewed on the news talking about different things saying we got to get out and vote. Joe, I say it all the time, you know, and people talk about, uh, you know, term limits. And we have term limits in play. I keep saying that we have term limits because we have the right to not elect an official back into office. But we have to use our heads. We don't do that. We have not done that for a very long time because we keep electing the same dreck into office every electoral season and you wonder what the heck is going on right we have the opportunity to use our heads when we go to the polls but sometimes we don't do that joe we don't do that we elect the same garbage okay and i always ask the people are you better off now than you were two three four years ago people have to honestly honestly use their heads here and ask themselves that that's bottom line well, that's that's my point. So, if, I mean, when you're talking about voting for change, what are you going to change to? There's only two parties. We only have a two-party system, really. Uh, who, who, what are you changing to? Are you telling me that Minneapolis is all going to vote Republican now because of all the Democratic leaders have failed? Of course not. They're going to elect, you said, the same group of people all over again, and this will continue in, in perpetuity. I mean, it's just it's just a vicious cycle, and it's just something that, uh, you know, you, you just kind of scratch your head. Uh, I know you mentioned the mayor, right? Now the, now the governor saying he wanted to replace him the other day, wanted to remove him. And, and he, you know, the, the governor 
chastise the, the president for want to bring in the military. And then the next day he's yelling at de Blasio, why aren't you bringing in the National Guard? So it's like, uh, what is going on here? No question. Joe Jacklone, the crime report. By the way, before we move over to uh, our city, uh, Tim Walz has also shown some very, uh, very rocky leadership uh, as far as Minnesota is concerned. He has uh, went back and forth. Uh, Mike Freeman on the case, off the case. Attorney General Keith Ellison on the case. You know, back and forth, forth moves. Uh, I tell you, it's tough. We talk about leadership all the time, and uh, you don't see it over there. And I'll tell you, you don't see it. You don't see it in the big city, Joe. Uh, and I'll tell you one thing. Let me ask you this. I'll ask you this. Uh, Rudy Giuliani, if Giuliani was in place as the city's mayor, present time, would we have seen what we have seen over the past week? Uh, probably not. I'm going to say this just from because I worked, I got hired under the Dinkins administration just when the Washington Heights riots were, were happening. Uh, you know, and I don't remember other than the World Economic Forum after 2001, I don't remember any civil unrest during uh, Giuliani's time or even Mike Bloomberg's for that point. So just a, the only thing that Mike Bloomberg had was the uh, Occupy Wall Street crew, which is probably the same crew we're talking about now. And, um, you know, Black Lives Matter towards the end, uh, you know, with the, but you know what, though, all the things that we're discussing, this, this, these riots wouldn't have happened if Derek Chauvin didn't do what he did, right? Whoever, if it's, if it, I know people are talking about the, uh, you know, the, the, the boogeyman is out there, uh, you know, coordinating all these riots and stuff. Maybe that's true. Maybe it's not. I have no idea. But let's put it this way. If there wasn't, if there is an individual or individuals that have coordinated these riots, they would have never had the opportunity if Derek Chauvin didn't do what he did, right? So this is not a planned event. This wasn't something that they, you know, someone just seized upon the moment. That's basically what we're dealing with here. So if without the actions of this police officer, we wouldn't be discussing this. This is this is simple as that, and we have to remember that and remain focused on on that part. You know, Joe, here's the bottom line. I had Governor Cuomo on yesterday, and I kind of made a correlation here. Uh, if the coach, if the coach's voice, let's put it that way, if the coach's voice is not being heard with his team, then change should be made. If you know what I'm getting at here with de Blasio, there is a fine divide here between uh, New York's finest and the mayor. And when that is in place, you know, that's that's tough to comprehend. That's when change needs to be made. The Blasio has lost this city. His incompetency has never been higher, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, you know, basically telling some about don't arrest all, letting people go, the bail stuff is, drives you nuts, people in, being people being let out. We know that is a major factor. Uh, the fact is, Cuomo had 13,000 National Guardsmen ready, should have been utilized. Well, when 